Welcome to the third episode of Opening Doors. Uh, I'm your host, Meredith Shedden, and today we are joined uh, with a wonderful, wonderful creator, performer, colleague, friend of mine, uh, the lovely Matteo Lewis. Hey! Hi, Matteo. Hi. <laughs> so, uh, Matteo here has done something incredibly unique and gutsy that I haven't really heard of anyone else doing before. He puts on basement productions of musicals. So um, just, to, just to get us going, um, do you want to elaborate on what, what, what is What is a basement production? Exactly. Well, um, so basement productions are a thing that I started doing with my little brother back in when I was, I must have been in grade, in grade seven. Um... And we, we did Jesus Christ Superstar because we had just seen this the Stratford production of it. Oh, and, and uh, what yeah. grade was your brother in? Oh, so my brother, my little brother, he was in grade four. He was nine years old when we did this. And, and he was Jesus and I was Judas. And we just kind of swapped the other roles around. Like, we, we had a, a token little cape that we wore when we were pilot and a little uh, wig for Mary Magdalene. And, um, and we, did, we did the whole show for our friends with... With lighting, costume, karaoke tracks, whatever, we set it all up in our basement, um, and, and we did, we basically just did the whole show in in our basement. Uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. And was the reception for that show spectacular? Oh or? well, uh, well, of, of, uh, like of course, <laughs> I, a bunch of a bunch of people were like, oh, it was mostly like my parents' friends who came, yeah, and they were like, oh, we're gonna go watch Sophia's kids put on a show in their basement all right well if there's free alcohol like I'm there and then they all came and we're all like amazed by how intensely um like of a like professional level and how serious we were about like the the lighting and the and all of the different elements coming together and knowing our lines and memorizing and staying in character and very much treating it like uh, a professional production, even though it was, like, performing for ten of our friends in a basement, you know? Yeah, and you know what that actually reminds me of? Um, I'm not sure how many people... I'm sure a bunch of people have actually seen this documentary, but it's the one about the Sherman Brothers, the um, the guys who wrote for Disney. They wrote Mary Poppins. They wrote Winnie the Pooh, all that stuff. Um, and there's, like, a moment in there where they talk about how they put on garage shows. So they would gather, yeah. like, neighborhood kids and put on Yeah, well, there's, there's lots of, there's lots like of, that. uh, there's lots of, you know, people talk about garage shows and, uh, and I just saw an interview recently with, with Ben Platt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where he was talking about how he would put on, uh, shows in his backyard and uh, so mine, so mine is the basement. Mine is, yeah. mine is the basement. And yours, it's probably one of the more ambitious versions of that because I'm sure because like yes, yeah, cause, I put cause, on stuff like that in my garage. Well, like every cousins. every like five year old kid, right? We'll, yeah. we'll put that. We'll put on little uh, performances in some place in their house. But uh, the difference is that I was much much older <laughs> when I was when I was doing it. Um, well, like old enough to. And when when I started, I was I was. I was still pretty young. I was—I must have been twelve. Like my voice hadn't even fully dropped. That's how I could sing the Judas parts. The Jesus. Guess um, the <laughs> but uh, what? What was I talking about? Oh, you're talking got distracted about by how. Well, <laughs> thinking so, yeah, of, we're thinking talking... of high notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we were talking about how, like, mo- right. a lot of kids do that when they're younger. But you were older well, yeah. at this point, when and, you might have and, been embarrassed. And when it really got, when it really got. Uh, when it really got serious, because after Jesus Christ Superstar, I then did, I then did um, in grade, I guess it must have been the beginning of grade 10, Yeah. I did Hedwig and the Angry Inch with my friend Carolina, and, and I was Hedwig, obviously, and she did my makeup, and she's, a, she's fantastic at it, and I, I had the, the, the wig and the, the whole drag outfit and everything, and I had like five costume changes, and, and people from my school started coming to see it, and... Like, I was in high school, right? Like, yeah. it wasn't, like, like a, a little kid fooling around anymore in, in, like, their basement or in their backyard. It was now, like, like I, I was a high school kid, point. yeah, performing for, for like, my, my friends from high school and for their parents and for people who, like, I didn't even know started coming to the show. Um, so I did, I did Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and people, most people came to that 
being like, oh my god, Mateo's putting on a show in his basement, like, haha, that's hilarious, and he's dressing up in drag, haha, that's hilarious, I'm gonna go see it so I can laugh at it, and then, so, uh, most of my audience for that showed up with the intention of, like, making fun of it, yeah. and, uh, and I, I won them over by the, by the end, because they were like, oh, this is actually, like, something that he's really trying to, uh, like, he's, he's really putting a lot of effort into and a lot of heart, and he's really trying to, you know, tell a story and have it be a legitimate piece of theater, yeah. you know? Like, it's not ironic, it's totally exactly. earnest. Exactly, it's very, yeah, it's not ironic, it's, and, 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 and I think that's what, that's what sets, like, the, the basement productions apart from other, like, random, let's get together and pop on a show, because lots of people do that for, for, like, fun, but the difference is that with, with, with my basement productions, I've always tried to treat it like, treat it like it's just as much of a theater experience for the audience as any other, as any other show, as, as a Broadway show, you know? I, I, I try to treat it like I would treat a Broadway show in terms of the professionalism that I give to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I think, and I think the audience feels that because when they walk in, most people who haven't been to one of my basement shows before, they walk in and they're kind of not really sure what to expect. They're a little bit uncomfortable. Like, why am I in this kid's house? Like, <laughs> where is he? Cause I always, I always hide up in the, in the change rooms with all my cast. I don't let the audience see me before the show. Cause that's not professional. And, um, <laughs> um, but, but I think, I think that really, that really translates to them. And also, um, what what you were talking about, Jim, was that uh, the the proximity to the um, to to the to the audience is something that initially the audience is very uncomfortable, but within a couple of minutes they kind of warm up to the fact that you're right there in their face, and it's really it's a very intimate um, performance experience uh, yeah. because of anyway. So it's a, it's very uh, it's a very kind of kind of uh, it's 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 very different than uh, than uh, show in a big in a big theater, but, but for audience and performers alike. At the same time, because you take it so seriously, it's mm-hmm. it's a great, I think, learning opportunity for you every time, as well as people ah, who are yes. in your show. That's a hundred percent true. Like yeah. so much of so much of what I know about about theater and about what it means to put on a show. Um, I learned, I just kind of had to teach myself because I, I wear all of the hats, you know, I, I run the whole thing. I always cast myself in the starring role <laughs> Yeah. and, um, and I always, you know, make the karaoke tracks myself and direct it myself and put, make the program and, and publicize it and handle the finances and sell the tickets and, and I, I do everything, you know, and, um. So, and I do, like, the lighting design, and I always, like, so, so I had to teach myself a lot about those different aspects of theater so that I could put on a, a like, as, as intricate of a show as I possibly could. And every time I always would try to outdo myself, because after Hedwig, I then did uh, Last Five Years with my friend Leora, um, and then I did Bridge the Madison County Which with my... the first one I saw. Yes, with, with my girlfriend at the time, and I was... Um, and I played the, the Stephen Pasquale role, which is not, not a role that I would ever play in, <laughs> in, in, uh, in a yeah, professional production. Yeah, as earnest as that which one is was. The other, which is the other, um, which is the other brilliant thing about basement productions is I'm directing so I can cast myself in whatever role I want to play, to be honest. Yeah, I just why not? wanted to sing those big baritone ballads, so, <laughs> um, and then I did, but then I really stepped it up with, with Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, big deal. Yeah, which... Uh, which I did at the, I started it at the beginning of September last year, and then I brought it back in February of, of this year. Um, and uh, so that was that was kind of a big show. Like last summer, everyone was like, ah, Hamilton, because Dear Evan Hansen wasn't a big thing yet. Um, and and so I was like, you know what? This would be a good basement production. And usually I had only had like two or three members in the cast. Like for, for Hedwig, it was only just me and Carolina. Uh, for last five years, obviously that's a two-hander. Um, Bridges of Madison County, we cut it down so it was just like three people in the cast. And um, Lucas did appear. Lucas, yep, my little brother. He's been <laughs> he's been a part of every single one because when he's not uh, when he's not cast in it, he helps me run the tech. The okay. yeah. So so Hamilton, I got a big cast together, uh, six people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Huge massive. Huge massive cast. Well. <laughs> 
Well, for, for a basement, it was, like, unheard of. I was like, I don't even know if this is going to work. Right. There's so many people that we need. I, I cut it down so that, like, Angelica also played Mulligan and... And Washington. And Washington. And Mariah Reynolds. And Mariah Reynolds. So I had, I had my friend Seth played Burr. I obviously played Hamilton. Obviously. <laughs> um, and, and Carolina, who was my Yitzhak and Hedwig was Angelica, and my little brother, Lukey, was Lafayette and Jefferson. He stole the show. He was yes. amazing in that role. Um, yeah. And uh, so, so, so I got that together, and, uh, and then Seth was like, hey, Mateo, like, your basement's really small. Do you want to do it in my basement? Which is maybe five times bigger. So I was like, great. So we went and we did, we did three, three nights of it uh, in Seth's basement with, like, 30 people in the audience a night. Um, and then we brought it back in February with a little, a couple changes in the cast because I had broken up with my girlfriend at this point who had mm-hmm. played Eliza. So, uh, so I brought in my friend Lauren and then uh, I didn't want Angelica to be the same person as Washington anymore. Although, although I love the idea of a, of a, of a female Washington. I just yeah. want to throw that out You're there. You still have a female Mulligan. That's true. Carolina was still and Mulligan. not Madison. But I, yeah, Madison was my friend Daniel, Daniel Goldman was uh, basically every other role. He was King George, he was Seabury, he was James Reynolds, he was... Um, Philip. Philip, he was Philip, he was, he was Madison, he was John Lawrence, did I say that already? Anyways, he was everything. Um, and, uh, and then I also, the second incarnation of it in February, I brought in my friend Kenzo, who didn't know the show at all, but then he came to see the, the original basement production of it in September... I was like, that show was awesome, and he's like super into like sound production and like hip hop and like uh, like jazzy modern fusion music and stuff. And he's he's a fantastic at it. He like he makes his like little beats on his uh, DJ thing. I don't know anything about about that stuff, but what what Kenzo does is amazing. He was spectacular. <laughs> he's, he's very good at he's very good at that kind of music, but he also apparently is a fantastic actor because he he was like hey i want to be in this show and i was like well we need a washington you're perfect for the role he came he came in and 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 he was amazing as as washington he was incredible he absolutely brought down the house every night with one last time and he went up to the like high a flat or whatever yeah wow yeah so uh so, and, and it became, like, a big thing at my school. Everyone was like, oh, like, let's go see Mateo's show. And we kept having to add more shows. We ended up doing, like, 12 performances or something of the, of the, of the second incarnation. Because everyone at the school was, like, obsessed with it. And we also got, like, the popular people in the, in the <laughs> cast. Like, Seth and Lauren and Kenzo all are, like, top of the, like, high school food chain. So <laughs> everyone was like, wow, like, Seth and Lauren and Kenzo are in this show. Like, we all got to come see it. And... The whole school started coming, and uh, and so I, I achieved school-wide fame for my production of Hamilton. And then Dear Evan Hansen came out. Yeah, so right before you uh, started working on Dear Evan Hansen, we actually recorded an episode of this yeah. podcast with you, and, uh, and we had some tech issues. Wah, wah. So that episode is lost <laughs> and gone forever. But uh, this one's even better because now you've done well, yeah. so much more Absolutely, that we can yeah. talk about. So continue, please. <laughs> so so yeah, so Dear Evan Hansen, uh, Dear Evan Hansen came out and it was a little bit too perfect because I, I had like a very difficult, this was my senior year that just finished and I had a very difficult fall in uh, like like October to, to December was a very like tough time in my life and I had you know like mental problems to deal with and just the stress of like and I had a family member who had cancer and she, she recovered fully but at the time it didn't look like she was going to and um, just a lot was going on and I was dealing with the breakup and um, and so with all of that going on and then Dear Evan Hansen comes out which is a little bit it was a little bit too perfect, like, uh, and my relationship with my parents was really strained during that time, and, um, and then dear, this, this musical comes out about a senior in high school um, with, who's dealing with mental problems and has a strained relationship with his parents, and that musical just absolutely, like, w- was my life story, you know, for, for, that, for that year of my life, mm-hmm. and it came out right when it was happening to me, and it was a huge, like, coping 
mechanism during that time, and it really kind of got me from, like, rock bottom to... I, I then auditioned for Sheridan in, in, at the end of February, and I got in. So I start there in two weeks. Um, yeah, that was another thing we didn't know. At, yeah, you know, in the other podcast, the last time we were like, recorded so it. So we're just waiting, waiting to waiting find out. Because I did my audition. Well, do, you, do one of you want to tell the listeners what Sheridan is? Yeah, Sheridan College. Oh, Sheridan College is uh, is kind of the place to go in in Canada for. Post-secondary education in musical theater, um, specifically, uh, the the Bachelor of Music Theater Performance program uh, that they offer, that degree program, it's a four-year degree program that they offer, and it's it's kind of like the 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 top. Uh, I think it's the only one of its kind in the country. Although mm-hmm. Queens is trying to start something similar, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and it's it's like the best place to go in Canada for for music theater, and it, and uh, they do something every year called the Canadian Music Theater Project, where they they um, they workshop new original Canadian musicals, which we'll get to, <laughs> um, and uh, and so and and uh, come from away, which just was which is now on Broadway, which was just in the Tonys, which won the Tony for Best Direction. That that. Uh, that musical actually was originally workshopped there, so now it's it's the the name Sheridan is is on the is on the map in the United States as well because of that show. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where that's where I'm going next year, which is so exciting. Um, it, it really really uh, hard to get into. I'm very very lucky to be able to to go there. Yeah, so that's 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 Sheridan for those of you who didn't know. Yeah, and uh, the Basement Productions have mm-hmm. had a lot of people in them who are now also on their way to Sheridan. That's so, true, yeah. We've got Carolina. Carolina. Nicole. Nicole Sherwin, yeah, who is just in, uh, in Corporate Innocence. Oh, smooth segue into your next show. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I was, so Basement Productions, the, the, uh, the elephant in the room is that we, we put on these shows for our family and friends, um... Well, obviously, we, like, get the scripts by... Sometimes I would, like, even listen to the bootleg of the Broadway production and type out the script if it's, like, not available for purchase. And I make all the karaoke tracks myself. And what we don't do is buy the rights to the shows that we right. put on. Um, <laughs> which, which let me quantify that by saying, well, first of all, it's just a bunch of teenagers fooling around in a basement. Like it's not, you're not making uh, a it's profit. It's not a commercial. Yeah. We're not, we're not making a profit off of it. It's not a, it's a learning experience yeah. more than anything. And it's for fun. And it's like a house event. Like you wouldn't bust into someone's party if they were having like a karaoke night and be like, "You don't have the rights to Celine Dion's like here, <laughs> far, wherever you are." Like so, no, Meredith sings in the shower every day. So yeah, do you have the rights to those songs? <laughs> but uh, not to not to belittle copyright laws because I think that's very important. Um, yeah. Up till now, I've I've been able to be like, "Well, I'm just a high schooler fooling around in my basement," like. Like, I would make a little pouty face at them, and then they hopefully wouldn't sue me. And also, like, the shows that we would want to do, like, the shows that really resonate with people my age, or the shows that are currently on Broadway and the rights are not even available. And if they were, like, do we have the money to... No, because we're not charging for tickets or anything. Where do we, like, get that money, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but we were like, you know what, we should probably stop putting on productions of shows that we don't own the rights to. And I said, well, how are we going to put on a show that we do own the rights to? Maybe we should write a show. Oh, we'll put on a good old dandy musical. Put put on a good old dandy musical. So um, I had this idea a little while ago for like like how uh, West Side Story is like the the story of of Romeo and Juliet, but taken out of context and put into... um, Put into the, the, the context of, like, the gang wars. 1950s New York. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and, and everything that I kind of wanted to write a musical about was, like, I, I had an idea for a while. I think How I Met Your Mother, that TV show, would make a great musical. It has a through line that could be really condensed into two hours, and it has a lot of moments for singing. Like, I, I so for a while I wanted to write a musical about that, but that doesn't really solve my problem about copyright. Yeah. Um, because I don't have the rights to How I Met Your Mother. 
like everything I wanted to write a musical about was like based on something. So I was like, well, what can I write a musical about that's in the public domain? And then I thought about, and then I thought about uh, West Side Story, and then I thought about what other Shakespeare plays do I love? So I love Macbeth. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what if I take Macbeth out of context and put it into the context of like a, of a, of like an office and like a, a sales rep or something who's trying to rise up the corporate ladder instead of how like Macbeth kills people to become king. Maybe this sales rep plants cocaine in his boss's desk in order to get him fired so that he can take over his job and, and, um, and then rise up the corporate ladder that way by getting people fired. And so that idea slowly evolved and now it very, it very loosely resembles Macbeth and the, the boss who was originally going to be a really big character is now like a supporting female character actually who is, she was originally going to be a male character and um, played by Seth uh, who played, who played Burr and then played Connor in, in Dear Evan Hansen but, uh, um, but he was working at the time that we wanted to do the show this summer and so I got my friend Nicole who's going to Sheridan. Um, me, Nicole, Seth, and Carolina are all going to go to Sheridan next year together, which is really exciting to have um, all, all of us who are all friends all go together. So lucky, too. That's, like, crazy yeah. the amount of you that you will know each other. Well, I also, like, I, I very, I, I pick my cast very, <laughs> very critically. I only take the, the, the best I know, people. I only <laughs> recently got an offer, Matteo. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, so, so, we wrote this show, so I was, I was trying to write this show, I wrote a couple of songs, I wrote, like, the first song, and then I wrote the last song, um, to kind of, like, give me a map for the character's development throughout it, I wrote a couple of songs here and there throughout the plot, and I was just gonna connect them with, like, a couple lines of dialogue, I sat down to write them, I was like, ah, I don't know how to write dialogue, (laughs) so I messaged Daniel Goldman from Hamilton, um, and I'm like, hey, Daniel, can you help me write this dialogue? And he's like, well, you should probably do this. You should probably do that. And then I'm like, you know what, Daniel? Like, screw it. Just write my script for me. So that that's how Daniel <laughs> Goldman got, <laughs> came on to, 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 I brought Daniel Goldman on to work as, uh, as the book writer. Um, so together we kind of built this and it, it started off, we were aiming for like a one hour workshop version, but it ended up being like a two hour, two act, um, very primitive still version with a lot of like kinks to be ironed out. Uh, but we, we wrote a, a musical that we were, that we put on in, in the basement and we opened, uh, on, and, and since we're, since it's very much our musical, we don't have to be, um, we don't have to be like tiptoey about who we let come and what it is. It's very much like, come see this musical that we're not ashamed to be putting on cause it's totally legal. <laughs> and, um, just right after fringe. Right after. Well, well, yeah, that's, but the thing is, the thing is, is that you have to apply for the fringe, like, yeah. in October of the previous year. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> guess what I'm doing this October is, is I'm going to enter this show in the fringe. Because yeah. I also, I went, I went to the fringe this year, and I, and I saw a lot of the musicals there, and I think that Corporate Innocence, what it is, because it's very, like, violent, like, lots of people die, it's very dark, has a lot of, like, kind of artsy and bohemian things to say about the corporate world, you know, um, and you can like that that kind of, that kind of, that kind of show, which maybe is, is a little bit too dark to have mass appeal, I think would do really well on the fringe. Like, I think that's the kind of show that would, would, uh, the fringe audiences would appreciate more than any, more than any other audience. Um, so I really hope to get it in the fringe next year. Uh, but yeah, we opened last week. We opened, it was August 9th. We opened the show. We did Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then two Saturday shows. And we have another week of shows coming up. Um, I play the main character, Teodor Cortez, uh, which is a tribute to when I tried to write a musical when I was eight years old. And it was called Wings the Musical. And it was about a guy who uh, tried to like make a contraption that would let him fly or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't know. And I was like... Eight. Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio made a movie. Is there a Leonardo DiCaprio movie that I Is there a Leonardo DiCaprio movie that I don't know about where he invents it? Leonardo da Vinci, yeah. So like Leonardo da Vinci. Um that was that was my eight year old's musical that I tried to write and uh and the the main character in that was named Theodore. 
So I took, mm-hmm. I stole that name and I named my character Theodore, but then I decided that his parents were going to be like, or his, his dad was going to be a, an immigrant um, from Central America. So I changed his name from Theodore to Theodore, which is like the Spanish equivalent of Theodore. And everyone makes fun of how it's like my name, similar, yeah. similar to my name, because my name's Mateo and his name is Theodore. And everyone's like, haha, like you named your character after yourself. No. That's not how that name came about. Dispelling that rumor right here, right now. You heard it. Here. You heard it here. You heard first. it here first. I didn't name my character after myself. I have to say, I did <laughs> think you did that. Yeah, everyone did. Everyone did. I did not. Yeah. I, it was. It was based on Theodore, who was the name of the main character in the musical I wrote when I was eight years old. So there you go. And that's how the name Theodore came about. So you wrote a musical when you were eight years old. And how well, long? not a full musical. Not a full musical. <laughs> I, I started As one. As you do. I started one. Yeah. I started a book when I was eight years old. You also Still, uh, sang everything. So you were working on a musical without knowing it. But for a few years of your childhood, you just sang everything all the time. Did you, Mateo? Oh, I still sing everything all the time. <laughs> yeah. I do that especially now. I work at a camp uh, this summer, and whenever I'm uh, getting a little frustrated with the kids, I just start singing at them, um, which is like I just... Timmy, sit down. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like, okay, let's get on the stage. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, Mary Poppins. Also, they, they hear it. I don't know. Anyway. This is your last warning. Three, two, one. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I was It's kind of like that. It's, it's very Melissa Bensick, who will def- <laughs> she will definitely be on this show very mm-hmm. soon. Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. I, I would listen to that. Yeah. Maybe next. Melissa that is our, our teacher. Um, she's my voice teacher currently. and uh, she's She a runs Bravo lady. Academy in Toronto, which is one of the best performing arts schools in Canada. It's where Mateo and I met. Yeah. Well, kind of. He, well, yeah, that's We true. had a weird meeting at a bat mitzvah one time, but right, don't we all? Right, right. Don't we all have that? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. You saw, you saw when I was in Little Shop of Horrors. Exactly. When I, was, when I played Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors Probably at the right age of after. 11, 12, 12. Just dur- during those Jesus Christ Superstar days. Oh, it was. It was during the Jesus Christ Superstar days. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> we were talking about corporate innocence. Oh, I wanted to say... <laughs> Okay, and we're back. And um, we're back. <laughs> how long uh, have you been working on Corporate Innocence? When did you start well, like, thinking about it? Well, I kind of started it? writing it in May. Wow, that's really fast, and it's really good. For well, me. thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of I started working on it in May. It, it, it didn't really amp up, though, until, like, mid-July. And, uh, like, 90% of, of, the, of the production of it was accomplished in, like, two weeks beforehand, like, 15-hour days every day of me just, like, at a piano being like, ah, like, (laughs) recording all the karaoke tracks and orchestrating them and writing out the script and editing it and making it consistent with the score and whatever and, like, tweaking lines and things. Um, So it was a very tiring couple weeks leading up to opening, and and opening was a little rocky, but... uh, but um, we, we really have kind of settled into a rhythm. And I love, I love that about, um, about shows. Like, I hate doing one performance of a show, you know? Yeah. I love the idea of, like, eight shows a week, you know? I, like, in, in the perfect world of, of Broadway. Yes. But, um, but we're doing five shows a week. But, like, I love when, like, a show is, like, this well-oiled machine that, like, kind of... Everyone just knows exactly what they do and exactly what their path and every prop and every costume and every set has like a beginning and an end and then it gets reset and then it just like works that way and it's always, it always like moves flawlessly and like that intricacy and that like movement is so fascinating to me, which is why I'm so interested in like direction and and that side of of performance and and theater as well, Mm -hmm. instead of just being the one on stage, although... I love to belt out a good 11 o'clock number. So. Yeah. Well, and that's clearly been shown since you, like, you, you, have, you have so much knowledge now about how shows run. And, like, you're going to be able to take that with you wherever. Yeah, and I think even as a performer, I think that a lot of knowledge about the, the, the behind-the-scenes aspect of, of theater is very helpful, and um, and a, a basic knowledge of it, I think, should be 
mandatory for for performers because too many times there are performers who kind of treat their stage managers like dirt and like don't really understand like anything about lighting and don't hit their spikes and the lighting designers are pulling out their hair because the stupid actors don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I think like as soon as an actor has been on the other side of the table, they, they're like, Oh God, I hate it when actors do this and then they won't do it anymore. You know? So I think that it's, I think that it's a good experience. Even if you don't want to go into directing or, or lighting design or whatever, even if you want to be a performer, I think you really should, you know, take some time to be on the be on the other side of the table for some small little production yeah. somewhere just to learn that. I yeah. agree. I've only done it with children's productions of shows because there's so many opportunities well, yeah. to work. And, I've, and I've done that too. I just finished stuff. doing, I just finished uh, music directing a production of Anything Goes with a bunch of little kids Aww. with a company called Lock and Keynote Productions. Um... At uh, in, up in Timmins, because wow. the 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 idea of the company is it brings like musical theater camps to uh, to small towns in like North Ontario, and they have one in, in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland. They Ooh. have a camp, uh, just just little like drama day camps for kids who live in in like in Toronto. We're fortunate to be blessed with way more theater training than we could possibly ever want, but. Uh, but in in places like Timmins, there's really not a lot of opportunity to get right. that kind of experience. So mm-hmm. uh, that's what kind of lock and keynote is all is all about. So that was a really awesome thing to do. I went up to Timmins for two weeks and worked with those kids, and that was really really rewarding. Did you music direct that? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. And I took that long to say it. <laughs> so I'll just say one thing. Um, yeah, what really struck me about um, your musical was uh, how strong a number of the songs were. Oh, right. And um, <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, uh, Meredith will point out that I, I often I can go see something as fabulous as Newsies in a way, and I'll and I'll just say the songs weren't good enough. It doesn't matter. I don't care how you know how well it was. Uh, choreographed and how great the stage design was and all that the songs were just typical you know mm-hmm. so i thought that um for especially for someone uh, you know someone your age with your you know relative lack of experience and all that that you had a really good uh, instinct for you know for the the need for some you know really powerful songs well know? thank you that and, that means uh, a lot yeah because i i think that especially in in as small of a scale as a basement like, you're not going to be able to get away with, like, writing a catchy tune that doesn't really say much mm-hmm. and then having a big dance number over top of it. Because on Broadway, that can totally work and that can be an amazing night mm-hmm. in the theater. And you're just sitting there and all these newsy boys are dancing and you're like, wow, this is awesome. But then if you actually deconstruct the, like, chord mm-hmm. structure or whatever of the song or what the song does to advance the plot, you're kind of like, eh. Julie Taymor can't in, cover yeah, for you. you exactly. Know? Julie Taymor is not in my basement, so. <laughs> right. So at the end of the day, it's the the song. So yeah, have to especially carry, on that right? on that small of a scale. That's why mm-hmm. Hamilton actually was a really really good uh, worked really really well on that smaller scale because even though Hamilton on Broadway is this massive massive spectacle mm-hmm. with constant 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 dancing and sets and explosions and hip hop and blah. Um, like if you just listen to the cast recording, you get the full story. Right. You know, the music speaks for itself. You don't need. Eh. Mm, excuse me. That's <laughs> that's why you can't. You shouldn't drink carbonated drinks before doing an interview. Um, mm. uh, you don't. You like. You don't need any blocking. Almost. Well, I'm a good. I'm a good case study there because I, I've, I've only I only heard it and then saw it in your basement. I've never seen Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So and um, well, neither have I. Like, and I'm good. God knows good those tickets are those tickets are hard to get. Uh huh. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Well, that's funny that you haven't seen it. <laughs> I, I've not seen the Broadway production. Uh huh. You may you might not need to. Are well, there any uh, any of your shows that you you have seen on Broadway? I just recently saw Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway. Actually, after the after the the basement production of it closed. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I've ever done a basement production that I had seen. Did you see the film of Jesus Christ on Broadway? Because I also saw Hedwig on Broadway with John Cameron Mitchell after uh-huh. after I after I finished doing the basement production of it. Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, I saw the film of, and I also saw the Stratford production. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So 
there, that's the exception. But. You saw John Cameron Mitchell? I saw John Cameron Mitchell as Hedwig, ah! and he hurt his leg, and he was walking around with a, with a knee brace, and... He was he was this little man dressed up like a lady, and he was oh still gosh. and he was still just the most glamorous thing. I was in like the third row. Oh my god! Now you played two John Cameron Mitchell roles. Absolutely, because I also played Dickon in Secret Garden. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you were you were my Martha. No, I wasn't. Oh, you were, I got you were not my Martha. You were yeah. you were the other Martha. And yeah. Jimmy Curry was my Martha. Have you seen Bridges of Madison County, the film which doesn't have music? I have not seen that movie. I still have not oh. seen that movie. I've only and I've only read half the book. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. <laughs> really, really, Bridges of Madison County. What got me into that was just the absolutely gorgeous score. Right. Because I'm also like I'm also a huge like as much as I am a music theater nerd, I'm a huge music nerd. Like I really like and and Jason Robert Brown does all sorts of cool things in that score of like like modulating keys and and time signatures and weird stuff. <laughs> I was like, ha the first time I listened to it, like, I remember the first song I heard from that show was uh, You're Never Alone. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's like, it starts off in 7-8, and it's like, bum, ba da ba da and I was like, ah, I like this already, you know? Oh my gosh. And, and falling, falling Into You is the second song I heard, and that song, like, starts off in one key and then moves into, it's, I, like, I think it starts in C-sharp minor and then goes to F-sharp major, and then, like, just the way that the keys move into each other is such a, like, gives such a feeling of, like, forward motion, which is what the whole song is about, and then it lands at this big, like, like, lovely, plain A major cadence, which is the whole point of, like, and I was, like, the, the and it complements the lyrics of, like, um, uh, I was, like, why did I walk through the mountains, and why did I ride the ships, why did I watch those horses running wild? It's cause all my life I have been falling into you. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but, yeah. but that's kind of what the lyrics are saying. And I think, like, I, I love when, like, the lyric is mirrored in, like, the, like, very nerdy musical choices that they make. <laughs> that, that makes me all giddy and happy, so. Now, speaking of Bravo, uh, as we were a second ago, I understand you're, um, you're per- you're Dewey Finn in the school that's, of rock? That's correct. Bravo Academy, uh, the teen summer intensive, is putting on School of Rock. We have our first day of rehearsal tomorrow, and I'm playing Dewey Finn. Now, um, presumably you've seen the film. I have not. Oh interestingly, my goodness. Interestingly, okay. I've never seen the movie well, School of Rock. School of Rock is my favorite film it's, of all time. It's, it's, I, I can imagine. I've seen that. it a million times. I'm, I know it's great. It's sweet. We and both love it. It's always been on my list, and Jack Black is like the best, and I, I love him. And I've, we, we both love it so much that um, when, it, when we heard that Weber was uh, adapting it, I have to admit, I was like, I will never see that. <laughs> I can't see that because, because he's, yep. he, he's not worthy. <laughs> right. Is anybody more, like I, I? I don't even. School of Rock is one of those things that it's like you doesn't need to be a musical because the movie itself is already right. so like, kind of a has musical. music in it. Like what? What are you adding to it by making it a musical? But I think that it it works really well as a as someone who doesn't know the movie at all. It's a very like it's a very entertaining. It's a hilarious upbeat like awesome, we will see. I we probably will see it now. Stage but, show uh, and. Yeah. Um, and as speaking as someone who who doesn't like hasn't grown up with with the movie, you know, because um, I've never seen that movie, which is so weird because it's such a classic. I don't know how I got away with never seeing it, but and now I now I don't know if I want to because I don't know I don't want to kind of like Influence alter him. my alter my well my of the character, yeah. but also also of, of the musical. Like I don't want to feel like. Uh-huh. Like, I kind of want to have the, the, the map out of the way that the plot progresses in the musical, which, like, there are things that you have to tweak about uh, about the plot in order to make it work on a stage where you can't do, like, quick cutaways, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't have the, the classic, like, um, don't worry, nothing will go wrong, and then one day later, everything goes wrong. Like, that yeah. cut <clears throat> kind of thing, you know? Um, like, Jane will never find out. Cut to Jane finding out. You know, yeah. you can't yeah. do that in a musical. So I think you know what I. I think that's a good idea to not see it. Yeah. Until... Well, I will see it after, and I've I've heard th- people talk about it, and I also haven't like seen the the stage musical either. So I haven't seen Alex Brightman, who was nominated for a Tony for yeah. the role of Dewey. I haven't seen his take on the character either. So it's very much going to be. 
my own my own spin on it, but it's it's very it's a very very demanding role. It's he's in everything, and he's con- he's such a high energy person. But I think it's like I'm a very high energy person, and <laughs> and he has this obsession with like the world of rock and roll, just as much as I have an obsession with musical theater. So mm-hmm. he's he's basically me if I was like lamer, <laughs> like m- more like the kind of person who would like sleep on their friend's couch for three years instead of like I don't know do you know what I mean yeah um well the thing is though and we this won't turn this into a discussion of uh Jack Black but <laughs> he Jack he he's so good that it doesn't seem lame yeah like, well that's that's, that's like, the thing that's the thing about about Dewey is that he's so like he's so like um he doesn't really do much he's like he's very like all talk and no action at the beginning mm-hmm. Then he changes um, lives. But he kind of, but he kind of, like, uh, with working with the kids, there's one scene, um, which I just absolutely love this scene, and I don't even know if, if it's in the movie or not, but there's a, there's a scene where one of the kids goes, um, I shouldn't be in the band, and they, and, and, and Dewey goes, well, well, why not? And he goes, I'm not cool. And Dewey's yeah. like, mm-hmm. are you joking? Like, you're the coolest kid ever. You're, the way you play, you're, like, awesome. You're like a walking popsicle. You're king cool of all you survey. Oh, and, those and are the like, lines in, in the yeah. okay. And he's like, and he's like, really? And 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 Dewey's like, yeah, totally, hundred percent. I'm being totally honest with you. And the kid's face just like lights up. Mm-hmm. And like that's such a like like he's a great guy, you know. And that's he's a really endearing character. And he like, and he's he, and he's just so driven by his like love for this art form, which I can relate to. So. Um, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very excited for it because, as like goofy and and high energy and silly as as it is, and as like over the top the character is, it's very, it's got a very like a very like um, meaningful undertone for me about about you know art and how coming together to be in a band or put on a musical can really bring people together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Especially because all my closest friends, I met them doing musicals, you know, and, and they were in my cast. Right. Well... Looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. Um, me too. <laughs> <laughs> we're now at the part of the episode where I like to ask you, um, like, really fun, like, tell me a funny story question. Oh, I like um, this. Okay. So, <clears throat> the question I'm about to ask you is, um, do you have any, like, mishap moments from a show where like something went really wrong maybe it was a basement production maybe it was a different show that you were doing like where something just went horribly wrong or something that went horribly right where it like wasn't supposed to happen but then it happened and it made it better perfect yeah well I on um oh there's so many and like as soon as you do live theater you have a story like exactly you can do one performance and you have a story from it so, oh, what's the what's the best one? Um, probably uh, my. I always like to talk about when I was George and the drowsy chaperone in 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 George's triumph. They they carry George. When were you George and the drowsy chaperone? Oh, oh, a while ago. I must have been eleven. What? Yeah. Okay. New information. Keep going. I was George in, in a in a kids production of, of Drowsy Chaperone with Main Stage Theater Company, which is the other. Uh, Main stage and Bravo are the two like kind of titans of, of musical theater training for teens in in Toronto. So Main Stage Theater Company and Bravo Academy, uh, getting getting the word out. <laughs> um, so I was I was George and Drowsy Chaperone, and I had to be during during a song where they're like George, you're everybody's best man, and they carried him on their shoulders. Yeah. And then and I was always like about to fall off because the two guys were very different heights. Let's yeah, say. and you probably um, had girls playing the gangsters. Yes, I did. As I did. Actually, no. You no, didn't. I didn't. I had guys playing the gangsters. Wow. I, I had, uh, it was uh, Reeve Kako and Cole Zanel. I still, I wow. Yeah. Uh, so I... Well, I wouldn't have carried Juwan Map on my shoulders. So. <laughs> <laughs> Juwan Map was, uh, was George. Yeah, In my you, production, yeah. Anyway. So, so I, but it wasn't, I don't think it was the gangsters that carried me, though. It was, um, it was, I think it was my Robert and my Feltzeg. Mm. Who the ones carrying me? And? Uh, David Klein, who I'm still very, we're very good friends with his sister, what a star. his little sister, um, who's my age, and uh, 
and Eli Sokolov Harris was okay. was Feldsig. So shout out, um, and they were they were carrying me. And on I remember it was the Saturday evening performance. They dropped me right on my head, right right on my head, and I, and I just got up and I was like, "Happy wedding time!" Like, hey, I, what what do you do that? I think I think the best the funniest thing that's ever happened on a stage though was it was the same performance of Hamilton, just like in in. 10, within, within 10 to 30 seconds, like, five big mishaps in a row just oh, yeah. all happened at the same time, and I just, like, left. The scene was over. Like, I just was laughing too hard. I couldn't. So the first thing that happened was I, like, I stumbled over my words a little bit, and it wasn't that funny. Seth, it wasn't that funny. Um, <laughs> Seth found it hilarious, though, so I, it was, Lafayette's a smart man, he'll be fine. And before he was your friend, he was mine. It, it was that scene, and yeah. I said... I said, Lafayette's a smart man. He'll be fine. <laughs> that's all I said. That was not, that's not that bad. But Seth starts laughing so hard, and he snorts out this huge glob of green oh, snot no. all over his face. Oh, and no. he's just standing there like, ah! And I just look at him. I can't even say I can't even finish my line because there's just booger all over Seth's face. So he runs off stage. He runs off stage. And then, and then Lucas, my little brother, goes to follow him off stage. Trips over the over the floorboard and lands right on his right on his nose. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was I'm just standing there trying to like spit out my lines oh my to gosh. the to the rhythm of the music. Not happening, not happening. So I was just like, okay, this seat is over, <laughs> and I just I just let myself laugh it out because the whole audience was like laughing as well. So oh my we gosh. all we all kind of knew that it was like. <laughs> And you know what? That's why we do Mm. theater. That's why we do it. We want the risk of something going wrong. It's the excitement. I also think that the other thing that sets theater apart from film is the fact that, like, I don't know, seeing seeing a story unfold right in front of you, it makes it so much more like real. You know, Mm -hmm. so much more on a on a serious note. Like that's, I think, why I'm so drawn to to theater. Yeah, there's a real connection. Like, I have moments where I've actually gone to shows where I didn't even like the show, and then, like, the, I, maybe I liked the performance, but I didn't like the show itself. Mm -hmm. Like the writing or whatever. Yes, either I like the writing and not the performers, etc. I, and I will. Or I just don't like any of it. Yeah. It's just like, what am I doing here? And then the curtain call will happen, and I will stand and clap and cry. Because, (laughs) like, there's so many moments I've I've had. I mean, this is a little extreme to say because I don't dislike Les Mis, but I saw Les Mis and I was slightly underwhelmed um, just because it's such a like a huge deal. And I went to see it and I was like, okay. But then at the end of Les Mis, first of all, it's sad, but then also it's such like a moment. A moment, and then the curtain call happened and I just cried and I didn't understand why like, I was crying because I was like, like, why Les Mis I, is so overrated? <laughs> I'm so like hipster and I like obscure musicals. Why am I crying? Yeah, I was crying. <laughs> Same thing happened at Aladdin. I was like, this oh, is so cheesy and like, to- so like, I don't know, milk toast Disney. Like, I was like, I'm not using milk toast properly. Am I? Gotta love, gotta love <laughs> milk toast Disney though. Yeah, yeah, and I just, I just, I cried at the end of Aladdin. Like, and it wasn't even great. It was fine. <laughs> it was perfectly fine. I don't know. Maybe I haven't, I haven't Aladdin. seen a stage production of Aladdin. Heard good things. Heard. It's good. It wasn't like, it didn't blow my mind. And I just, I still cried because theater's magic. So, if you think, if you think theater's magic, you should see film. It's really magic. So, I'm not going to get into this too much. This um, theater film or, or it's To me, it's also like the photography film thing. Mm. Photography and film and theater and film, each seem so, they both, photography and theater both seem so similar to film and yet if you think about it photography and theater have nothing to do with one one another so that should tell you how different film actually is yeah right yeah um and um you know some of the many of the most brilliant photographers in the world have tried to make films and they're usually not very interesting and i haven't seen too many filmmakers make great photographs still photographs there's something uh, it, the difference is what's really, really important. And I think in, in theater, of course, there's lots of going back and forth. But early on in uh, thinking about film, um, I think a number of theorists and uh, and filmmakers realized that film, uh, 
most film at that time actually had more to do with the short story or, or fiction or, you know, the novel than it did with theater. Um, but even then, uh, one, one, one big difference, of course, uh, and this, you may, may or may not like this, um, I think it's one of the reasons why you're so attracted to theater um, in terms of in t when you're performing it, of course, it's all anything can happen. Yeah. And the film's locked, right? Yeah. What's similar about them, though, is they both unfold. Uh, the, the audience can't control how they unfold. That, yeah. Right? Whereas I can control uh, how, uh, especially these days, a yeah. novel or, or, or music these days. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, unless I'm at the symphony or a rock concert or something like that, um, I can just listen to music how I want to, where I want to. Um, but I don't find, um, I don't like films that are too close to theater. Unless they're they're those films that captured brilliant performances, like um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Uh, things you know, the actors are all dead now. Uh, you'll never be able to see that performance on stage, but you'll be able to see something like it in the film. Um, and those are rare, though. Like, though. You know, when I see a, you know, anyways, this is a little off. I said I wouldn't do this, but uh, but I had to because I heard I heard the comparison being made, and I think. It's really not an either or. They're really very. They're just. They're just different. It's just this end, you know. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, Sorry. I fully agree. Sorry. <laughs> I um. I know. It's a little. It's a touchy subject, but mm. I. I, the, the, <laughs> I like it all. The, the thing movies. is, yeah, I like I like films and I like theater. And you know what? To bring it right back to basement production. Bring it right back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I must say, like. The cool thing about the basement productions and the fact that they're so intimate and snuggly, because you really snuggle up to the people next snuggly. to you. Um, yeah. Corporate Innocence were putting on in, in my basement, which is teeny tiny, I felt like 12 people in the audience. Yeah. And there's seven people in the cast, so there you go. I was actually saying <laughs> that you should you should advertise one night as like theater and a snuggle, so you like have blankets and like everyone comes Aww. and then you like... It's all people who are comfortable with like snuggling with each other. They they have those things, eh? Like where you can theater and a snuggle. You can go like to places and snuggle with people. Snuggle with just random people. Who yeah, just like to snuggle. But it, as long as you're like both okay with it and you give consent, so it's let's, like let's let's those ways you should snuggle. sell two extra seats. I think it was Ben who came up with that. Yeah, Ben was like, you should just squish it a bit more because then people have to like spoon or something. It would be cute. That's so cute. Theater yeah, and a theater and a snuggle. It's like a scary moment. They can like. And the there, are, there the are lots the of scary moments in corporate innocence. Lots yeah. of people die. The opposite Spoiler of those five, five minute, five second, whatever they are, dates. You know, you, yeah, yeah. Would be the opposite. This would be like no two and a half hours. Uh, you're going to be next to someone you don't know, and uh, and uh, anything goes. And like, feel free to just put your head down on their shoulder. It'll be cute. Um, but what I was go where I was going to with that is, it's such an intimate setting. Mm -hmm. You almost have to do it's it's like film acting sometimes because you don't have to project to ah, the audience. That's that's true. Acting wise, it's it's a whole it's difficult. It can be subtler. It can yeah. be. It's not always. It can be. I definitely am still very much a blah. Look at me. I'm a music theater actor. Often in yeah. my in my basement productions. But and I think the audience is used to that anyway. But yeah. it's like it's an interesting thing where because it's such an intimate place. It can but I think be... also there are like subtle like eye movements that like. Mm. That you can do when you're like, I'm a character and I'm thinking of something. Well, Juwan, yeah. Juwan was all eye movement oh my gosh. until until his great moment. Yeah, the whole thing is yeah. just like, like Juwan. Juwan for you. anyone yeah. who doesn't for anyone who doesn't know is our is our friend from who who I met doing uh, One Song Glory, which is a training program that Acting Upstage offers annually. So I met him through that. Uh, I guess you didn't meet him until I met Bravo. Him at Bravo. Yeah. So he he also did shows at Bravo. Um, and uh, my brother couldn't do two of the performances of, of Corporate Innocence in his role of the like sassy gay accountant who uh, basically just doesn't have time for my character's shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which kind of my brother has made a, a, like, a name for himself in Basement Productions being the character who doesn't have time for my character's shit. <laughs> and a little was, sassy. Because he was Lafayette when I was Hamilton, and yeah. then he was Jared in Dear Evan Hansen yeah. when I was Evan Hansen, and then he was, and now he's like the, the token sassy gay accountant in, uh, in, in the office setting of, hmm. the, of, of the musical of Corporate Innocence, but he couldn't do two of the shows, um, so we got Jawan to come in, which was, and Jawan and my brother are, very, very different people, because my brother's like three years younger than me, and Jawan's maybe three years older, and um, 
my brother is very, very short, and Juwan's very, very tall, and... <laughs> Um, Juwan is black. Juwan's black. <laughs> <laughs> my brother is my brother is my brother is half white and half Latino, just like um, me. I make sure that people know that. But <laughs> um, but uh, Juwan, so Juwan came into like understudy, quote unquote, the role, and uh, I am obsessed with the idea of understudies. I think that's amazing. I think that's so cool. Like to have to throw a a, a, a different person into the mix. Is such a cool thing. Like I went to Dear Evan Hansen on on Broadway a little while ago, and everyone was saying like, "Oh my God, what if Ben Platt's out and you get an understudy? Like that's the worst thing that could happen." And I was saying, "Well, like I, I've done my research. Like I know Colton Ryan and Michael Lee Brown. Like I've heard their renditions of Waving Through a Window. I think it would be really cool to see their different take on this character. You know, you like, actually I think came would be to my really, really understudy cool. performance. I that's carry. true. You were an understudy for mm-hmm. for Carrie. Yeah." For Sue in Carrie. Yeah. And I, and you I did came I to came that to that. One. I came to that. I think I was already maybe gonna come to that performance and you just happened to yeah. be on that night. Crazy. But yeah. Anyway, so that's I was lucky. You did a great job, by oh, the way. Thanks. Being an understudy is is just a whole different ball game. It's a crazy me. ride. Yeah, but Yeah, so so there you go. So that was that was Jawan. He came in and uh and he did he did a fantastic job with that. Um and it was a very different, even though Devin, the character Devin, the, the, the one that Luki normally plays, he's not a huge role, and yet having Joan in that role made it a very different show. It's not huge, but it's key. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. when there's only seven people, every, every player is key. That's the thing. Uh, he's also the funniest. <laughs> yes. I don't know if that's the, funny, the role or just him. He's the, no, it's it's by far the it's maybe the only funny role. There's there's your an dad old there's, not funny. there's he's, like an old like lady, oh no, he's not funny. My, my dad evil, character. You know? Played by played by Daniel Goldman, who mm-hmm. who wrote the book. He's uh he's kinda delusional, alcoholic, creepy, mm-hmm. messed up, likes killing people kind of guy. And uh, uh, you know, um, so it's, it's very not a funny show. Like, it's kind of almost, like, a little too dark. Like, especially for something that's so intimate, the audience is a little bit like, ah! But I, I kind of like that. Like, especially, um... <laughs> you kind of don't know what to do. Yeah, points. like... Or, like, like there's they, a dead person the at curtain, your feet. Like, the last, the last moment of the show doesn't have music to it, you know? It's just, like, it's just a scene is happening, and then it kind of just blacks out. Mm-hmm. And the audience is like... Do I clap? And then we come out, and then we come out and bow, and then they start clapping. And the intermission like, too. And the intermission, the intermission ends that. the same way. Yeah. I, I I don't. I love when you know you, at least some codes are broken down. Like hey, we're yeah. not going to end this. We're not going to end on a big yeah. defying gravity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as, much, as much as I love Wicked. Corporate innocence. Yeah, Corporate innocence. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So that's the next basement production is Wicked. Oh. Gender bent. I always have wanted to play Alphaba. I would kill that role. If you moved all the the songs into a key for a male voice. And didn't you like post a... Like on YouTube, you singing that song, absolutely like, like three years, years three years ago I did, and I, I I put it on a little CD and I gave it to Adina Menzel at the stage door. <laughs> oh my gosh, hundred percent, hundred percent, not joking. And and Carolina recorded "Let It Go." And That's my, how you got to share it, friendly or oh, absolutely. It was with my audition songs for for Sheridan were "Defying Gravity" and uh, my other audition song was a little. I don't know if you. It's called "On My Own." I don't know if you know that song. <laughs> Those were not my audition songs for Sheridan. My audition Sorry, songs my for audition Sheridan for were Sheridan. Once Upon a Time from All American and In Love With You from First Date. Very nice. There you go. There it is. All right. Well, oh. thank you so much for joining us thank today. You. Absolutely. I had a great time. Well, like, this is my dream is just to kind of sit here and chat about musicals for an hour. Like, yeah. This is what I would probably do anyways is I would call my friends and be like, hey, want to go get coffee and chat about musicals? So... So, it's not <laughs> so really, all. my my pleasure entirely. So, thank you so much for having me, and you you've had some incredible guests on on this little uh, podcast that you did, Lonnie Price and uh, Nick Blameyer. So, it's uh, the biggest honor and privilege to be included among those names. Um, 
It's been awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Corporate Innocence uh, runs until August 19th at Toronto's Basement Theatre. For more information or to book your seat, email ddmateo.lewis, M-A-T-E-O dot L-E-W-I-S at gmail.com. And the original cast recording will be on Bandcamp and YouTube, etc. Hopefully... Uh, either uh, hopefully on Monday the the fourteenth will hopefully when that be when that goes online. And of course, we'll link all of this in our descriptions when yeah. we post it on <laughs> social media. Um, thanks so much for listening, and tune in next time. Bye. Bye.